and welcome to the Miraculous Being series. I'm your host and self-awareness coach, Shweta Shivraman, and this is a show where we discover, learn, and implement lessons from others' life journeys. Others who I believe epitomize miraculous in its truest spirit. Individuals who live life to the fullest, who work hard on themselves to reach where they are, and are passionate in what they do. Today's speaker is Natalia, a self-love coach, astrologer, and a multi-passionate human. She is passionate about helping people know and love themselves so that they may lead fuller lives. I'm super excited to have this conversation with her. So let's dive in. Hi, Nati. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to, to be interviewed. It's been a while since I've been on a, on a podcast, so I'm very excited to be back. <laughs> ah, lovely. Is this your first show after you're coming back? Yes, it's been it's been a couple of months since I've even been on an interview, but I also have a podcast and I haven't done a new podcast in almost like two years. So it's been a while. <laughs> so listeners should get excited. A lot of new insights coming in. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right. Lovely. So I think uh, I love the first conversation that you and I had and, you know, you shared about your journey from, you know, being a partying person, you know, who probably consume alcohol to someone who went into fitness, health and well-being and now to doing something in the space of self-love and astrologer. Uh, I see quite a few leaps there. So would love to hear how did all of these transformations happen and share a little bit about your journey there. Yeah, so... I was around 25 when I got into like my fitness journey. But before that, I think the 10 years before that, I was a bit of a party animal. So I started drinking when I was 15 years old. I was drinking in school. I would take alcohol to school and I would like lock it in my locker and drink in breaks. There's a lot of like party culture here in Chile where I'm from. Um, And it was very normalized. So I spent most of university just like, drinking every single day I was hungover most of the time I didn't have any drive I was so hungover that I didn't really want to leave my bed most of the day um and I didn't really have any goals for my life other than just make it through university and in my last year of university I was one day just like scrolling on my phone while I was doing babysitting that was my my job at the time and I found this Instagram page that had all these before and after pictures of women who had been doing like a a fitness program. And I had seen so many like fitness programs online, but like this one, I could see that the testimonials were legit. Like they were actually happy and they were saying how amazing this program was. And the the before and afters were so shocking that I was like, okay, this was a Saturday. And I was like, I'm starting this on Monday. So I started and I stopped drinking cold turkey like I didn't drink anymore I started eating completely healthy and I did like this complete switch switch in my life and three months later I had a really big transformation and I started an Instagram account um, to share my my before and after and I blocked all of my friends and family so that they couldn't see me um, so that they couldn't find me because it was pictures of me in my bikini or in my underwear actually and in one day, my pictures went viral. So I went from having zero followers to having 4,000 followers in one day. And from there on, this Instagram like blew up because the, the founder of the program shared my pictures. She would share all of her clients' pictures. 
Um, so I would have like so many followers from one day to the next, like 8,000 followers one day. And it was just crazy. And in 2015, I fully committed to this. So I kept on going with the program and with the healthy eating and completely changed my life around having healthier habits. But then it got to the point where I was too healthy and I wouldn't socialize anymore. And I took a trip where eventually I realized that I needed to find some more balance in my life. So for the next like two years, I was like finding that balance and trying to, okay, allow myself to eat what I wanted to eat every now and then, instead of just like sticking to a very strict, healthy diet um, to maybe not working out as much. I started incorporating yoga into my life. Um, so it was kind of like a, for a couple of years, just balancing that out and finding yeah, finding a healthy balance because the extreme of not drinking and not socializing and only working out was very isolating as well. Um, I went to Australia. I lived in Australia for a year. I met a lot of healthy people there too. And that also helped me on my journey. I met a health coach and I decided I wanted to be like her. I wanted to be a health coach and I wanted to help people and help my community. I had a growing community and people kept asking me for tips. And I was like, I'm not certified to give tips. So I decided to become certified and I became a health coach. Um, and that was 2018, 2019. And, and after that, after becoming a health coach, I kind of shifted towards self-love coaching because I decided I didn't want to just help people with their health and fitness. I wanted to help with their overall well-being. And I noticed that all of my clients were having issues around self-love. And that's how I ended up being a self-love coach. Um, and then in the pandemic, I ended up studying astrology too, because I was stuck at home and I wanted to keep growing and learning and astrology was calling my name. So that's how I, I merged both of those things. And now I'm a self-love coach and astrologer. So I hope that sums it up. <laughs> Such a fascinating journey. And I'm curious, right? I mean, it almost feels like 360 degree turns in every leap that you've actually taken in your life journey. Um, I'm sure there would have been moments of, say, doubt or fear and insecurities. And how did you navigate those? Mm. So I think a big part of it was having support, like having a support system. So for me, well, my husband, I've been in a relationship for over 12 years. So for me being able to, I'm someone who needs to express what I'm feeling to realize what it is that I'm feeling. Um, so for me being able to talk about it with him and we're both on this self-love journey together. Like the fact that I've been working on myself has helped him work on himself and we're kind of mirroring each other. So having him, having my friends and family um, see me through this and kind of had that support as well. But one of the biggest things has been Instagram for me, like Instagram, say what you will about social media. But I think for me, I found such a beautiful community and having being able to share what I'm going through and have other people relate to that and give me advice and support each other through all of that. I think that has been super important, like like sharing what I'm going through in real time and being super open and vulnerable about what it is that I'm struggling with. Um that has helped me. So I'm someone definitely who needs to like process out loud. There are some people who need to like go within, but for me, it's like, oh, I'm feeling fear about this. And I just share it on my stories or before I would share a lot more posts and having people reflect that back to me. I think that has been super 
um, helpful for me. And then if I had to like pinpoint like one personal practice that has helped me, it's definitely journaling, like being able to have that space where I can authentically like show up and, and be very honest um, like, and raw with myself, even if like, sometimes I'll read when I'm writing and I'm like, oh damn, that's what I feel like being able to have like that mirror, um, like the most that's, I feel like that's the most like authentic mirror you can have like journaling, um, and then having those one-on-one relationships that also are hold up that mirror for you. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I'm a fellow journal writer as well and completely resonate with the fact that you can be completely honest and somewhere writing clarifies what you're feeling as well, right? Sometimes it's all jumbled up in your head, but when you actually pen them down, there is some sort of clarity that emerges, some sort of voice that you didn't know existed within you that kind of surfaces through that journaling. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And if you were to reflect on your own transformation journey, uh, were there any you know, turning points in terms of uh, obstacles or challenges that truly, you know, define who you are and the work that you do today. Were there any such challenges that you had to overcome or navigate? I think one of the biggest ones is like the, and this is something that I journaled about like two days ago, is the fear of success. Um, I feel like many times we can have fear of failure and that can be super evident. But one thing I've realized lately is I have a fear of becoming too successful. Um, so I kind of cut off my wings before I fly too high. You know, it's like I have a goal for myself and I'm on my way to, to achieve it. And then there's this like self-sabotaging voice. That's like, let's just, this is the end. Like, let's just stay in our comfort zone, you know? So a big part of like the internal work that I do as a human is becoming aware of what my comfort zone is. And really, and this is something that I talk about with my clients all the time. It's like, it's not about getting out of your comfort zone, but it's about expanding your comfort zone. So being able to like do different things that make your comfort zone a little bit bigger each time. Because when we think about like, getting out of your comfort zone that implies that eventually you get back to it and it's just the same like it's the same as it was before right so I like to think of like expanding your comfort zone and with that I think it's important to look within and be like okay what am I uncomfortable with like what is it that's not helping me expand this comfort zone so for me um, I feel like that fear of success is something that has been super present in in most of my like big leaps And there have been times where I didn't really believe in myself. Um, And I mean, I don't want to like attribute everything to my husband, but I think (laughs) having that person next to me who believed in me when I didn't believe in myself, um, that has been fundamental. Um, So like as a tip for anyone who's listening, like if, if you're not in a relationship that's supportive, um, having people around you that are supportive, whether that's friends, family, or a coach as well, like having someone who who believes in the inevitability of your success every step of your way, every step of the way, I think that's super important. Like if someone outside of you can give it to you, that can help you develop it as well. Um, I think these two things go hand in hand because many times it's like, yeah, you can do it. It's all up to you. But I think 
the internal and the external are both important and you can't always do it alone. So when you don't have that strength within, sometimes it's important to like borrow that strength from someone else or like have a, a coach or have a friend or have someone who can who can help you um, muster that strength to really go towards your goals. Right, right. So beautiful. I think there's some quote as well that says, right, that we are more afraid of our true power or our true potential than anything else, right? So you summed it up so beautifully by saying fear of success and not really wanting to be too successful and how that can curtail our own growth. And I love the idea of expanding that comfort zone, right, rather than just moving out of it, because then we're taking away from everything familiar, and transformation is already such a uncertain and tricky ground that if we take away even that which is familiar, then it's uh, too much out there, right? Uh, beautifully shared. And uh, I love that of, you know, mirroring that internal strength and external strength. How can you really identify some more people from the outer world until you are able to actually believe in yourself? And I think this goes in with the work that you're doing now as well around self-love and if I may quote that, you know, self-love is often an abused word in today's uh, generation. Um, could you decode what self-love is for you and the kind of work that you do for your clients? Hmm. So when I think of self-love, I think of self-love as a journey. So it is, it is a practice. Um, many times we think like self-love is like somewhere you arrive, kind of like, okay, I love myself now, check, done but I don't think it's ever <laughs> done. It's never like work that you're just like, okay, I'm done with it. It's definitely a practice and it takes time and you got to commit to it and you got to keep doing it day in and day out. Um, so I like to think of self-love as a journey towards our authentic selves or our highest selves or whatever we want to call it. But it's this practice of nourishing yourself, of investing time and energy on yourself um, it's having a high regard for your well-being and for your happiness and taking action to align yourself with this future version of who you are. So it's a combination of both feeling and action. It's not just like that. Many times people think that self-love is just like a feeling. Oh, like I love myself. Done. But it's not, it's not just about that feeling because I feel like the feeling comes from the action so you got to be able to take some action um to align yourself to that highest version so I think a big part of it is having that vision it's like who do I want to become who am I becoming and what do I need to do to get there and what do I need to let go of in order to come closer to that version of myself that I know that exists right like being able to to have complete trust in that you are becoming that person and, and, and then working towards that. So when I think of self-love, I think of it as like an umbrella term. And then under it, there are many different tools that we can achieve. So for example, to achieve self-love or to work towards self-love, we need self-awareness. We need self-care, self-compassion, self-knowledge, um, self-fulfillment, self-confidence, self-validation, self-acceptance, like all of these things are, are helping you in your self-love. So it's not just like, and many times people think self-love equals self-care. Self-care is just one part of it. And it's, it's one of the action steps that helps you get towards that big um, self-love umbrella. But I think all of these little things add up towards that overall feeling 
of self-love. Beautiful, beautiful. I think I was just listening to a, a video that today that was talking about how the world appears to us in layers, right? So in a way, what you were talking about self-love being a practice, I think who we are or discovering our authentic self is also coming to us in layers. So it's not something that you can do it once and say, oh, I'm done and dusted and I've arrived, right? It's a continuous journey as in when you get that new information about who you are, processing it, embracing it. And I love how you said it's both feeling and action. And Say somebody is listening to this conversation and is probably just getting started on their self-love journey. And, you know, for them, uh, maybe the self-care is equivalent to that self-love still. Uh, what kind of practices uh, would you recommend that they get started if they're just beginning their self-love journey? Ooh, okay. Like, I think for the self-love piece, um, there's so much you can do, but I think one of the first things and something that I that I highly recommend for self-love um, is first self-knowledge. Like you got to know yourself in order to accept yourself, in order to love yourself, right? So my first tip to anyone is get, get to know yourself on a deeper level. And as an astrologer, one of the tools that I use is astrology, is, is natal chart reading. So I think um getting a natal chart reading is an amazing way of getting to know yourself um when I first got my natal chart reading I was like around that time where I was also getting into health and wellness and it really really helped me to understand like my lights and my shadows to understand my contradictions to understand my personality um I I think for me that was a turning point of like oh like that's why I am why I am like how I am and using astrology as a tool of self-awareness is incredibly powered like empowering and whether you're into astrology or not I think there's many many tools that you can use to get to, to know yourself better so you can use astrology you can use human design therapy um or maybe just like numerology the enneagram there's so many tools but I think for me personally, astrology and human design have both like have helped me so much personally and professionally to like add language to to oh that's why I am how I am and this is how I can do this in a in a better way or this is how I can communicate better this is how I can love better this is how I can work better and really understanding like who I am and understanding like my potential as well. I think that's, oh, I could talk about astrology all day, but I think astrology can really, really, really help you to know yourself. So in order to achieve self-love, the first tip I'd give is to use the tools available to you today to know yourself better first. Um, another tip I'd, I'd give is to ask yourself whenever you're making any decision to ask yourself if you're doing something from a place of love or a place of fear. Um, it's super, and this, this can be super like unclear sometimes. Like for example, let me give you an example. If you're trying to exercise more, that's your goal. You want to exercise more. Um, being honest with yourself. Am I doing this? Why, why am I exercising? Is it because I love the specific type of movement that I'm doing or is it because I'm scared 
of what would happen if I gain more weight, or I'm scared of what would happen if I don't gain weight, or I'm scared of what would happen or what people would say, uh, or what people are saying about my current weight, you know, like, is, is this, is the habit of exercising coming from a place of love or fear, right? And most times, many of the things that we do, many of the habits that we're acquiring come from this place of fear, come from this place of self-hate, come from this place of self-loathing, right? So having that small differentiation before you make any decision, like, hmm, is this coming from love or is this coming from fear? And when you start doing things from a place of love, um, this kind of like has a huge effect on the rest of your life. So I think for me, asking myself, am I doing this from love has really shifted the way that I do things. So with my exercise, for example, I don't do the workout program that I did. And that was like 10 years ago, almost, um, because it, it wasn't it wasn't something that came from a place of self-love anymore at some point it did but now it didn't come from a place of love it came from a place of fear it came from a place of lack whereas now if I do any sort of movement I do it because I love it so I go walking or I do yoga or I dance because I love it and I love the way that it makes me feel instead of doing something just because of I should be doing this and I, you know, like connecting to the love. I think that's a very important, um, a very important piece of being honest with yourself. Like, hmm, am I doing this from love? Am I doing this from fear? And then the third thing I'd recommend is finding support. So I mentioned this before, but I think in seeing self-love as a journey, understanding that it's not just one or two things that you're going to do this month and now you're finally going to love yourself. No, I think it's understanding that in this journey of your life, in this self-love journey, you can't do it alone. You're never going to walk completely alone. So even if you can acquire tools, you can do your journaling and you can meditate and you can do this and you can do that. And it's great. Like all of these things help you. But I think surrounding yourself by people that are supportive of this journey I think that's super important like you've probably heard that quote you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with so if you're spending time with people that drag you down people that make you feel drained whenever you hang out with them that's that's not the direction you want to go in, right? You want to hang out with people you want to have people around you that lift you up so this this shows up in your relationships, your one-on-one, your relationships, your friendships. Um, but I also think about it in terms of like, who are you following on social media? Are you following people that lift you up, that inspire you, that motivate you? Or are you following people that make you feel less than, make people that make you feel drained, people that make you like feel like you're always in the state of comparison or lack, right? So I think it's super important that we're aware of the people that we're surrounding ourselves with and start thinking of them like, is this person filling me up or draining me? And if most of the people are draining you, then maybe it's time to find other types of people and, and surround yourself with community. So I think it's community is a big part of it, like finding people who can be your support system. So whether that's your friends, your family, your partner, um, or hiring a coach. I mean, definitely this is this is the work that I do as a self-love coach is believing in the work that you are doing and believing in the inevitability of your success and the in like 
having that support system, having someone who is on your side, cheering you on and who really believes that you can do it. Um, I think that's super important and can be super life-changing. I personally am a coach, but I have also had multiple coaches because we all need that um, support from different from different aspects of your life. So I just finished uh, a course with a financial coach and she was helping me with my financials. And then I have a business coach and then I had a personal coach and I've had health coaches. So I've, it's important to have like this support system from all different places um, that can help you on your self-love journey. And I think understanding that self-love journey is so like understanding it as something holistic it's not just one aspect of your life but everything that you do for example my finances my finances are an important part of my self-love if I'm constantly stressed about my money then I'm not going to be able to meditate or do my journaling practice right like I I I need you need to think of all of it as leading into each other and all of it impacts each other so having the support that you need from all different aspects of your life I think that's highly important um so yeah that was a long answer to <laughs> question <laughs> not at all thank you I think that was a very um holistic answer right so self-knowledge checking in whether we are moving from a place of love or fear and having the right set of people around us to support us in our journey of self-love so that sounds like a complete package to me so thank you for sharing that and I remember one other interesting thing that you shared when we connected the first time about how you kind of do this work between moving from that inner critique to that inner bestie right so converting our inner critic voices to becoming our best friends uh curious uh, how how do you really make that journey happen and where can people start because we all have a heavy judgmental voice in within us right mm-hmm Yes. I mean, I dare to say that everyone has, yeah, that inner critic. Some are louder than others. And I think that is impacted by, for example, like what were your parents' voices like? Like, do your parents have strong inner critics? And if they do, they probably projected that onto you and then you took it in and then your inner critic is louder. Um, So I think many times we aren't even aware that we have this inner critic. We just like have a voice in our mind and we just assume that that is the voice of reason and that that is your that's just the way that your mind works so i think it's important to kind of and this is how meditation can work too by becoming aware of like how your thought process works um and how often your inner critic is speaking so the first step with with being able to differentiate between your inner critic and your inner bestie as i call it is just being able to first notice like how often is the inner critic speaking and how often is your inner bestie speaking? And for some people, the inner bestie never speaks. She's just like quiet in a corner, like looking at everyone while the inner critic is like on a stage with the microphone full volume, right? So I think being able to first like notice that and uh, something I tell my clients is to give, give them a name, give your inner critic a name. What name would you give her, give him? Um, what name would you give your inner bestie and go towards your inner critic and grab the microphone and say like thank you so much for everything that you have um, you've kept us safe probably the inner critic moves more from a place of fear than love right so you've kept us safe so far but let's maybe give the microphone to someone else we'll get back to you like you will have a chance to speak but it's the inner bestie's turn what would you say inner bestie I'm interested in hearing your voice right right so 
that's kind of like an exercise that you can do. Obviously, this happens inside of your mind. This is not actually something that's happening outside, but internally, like giving your inner bestie more of a voice thinking like, okay, and if you don't, if you don't feel connected to your inner bestie, okay, like maybe doing the exercise of in this situation, what would my best friend advise me? What would my, my inner child advise me? Like what, or what would I advise to my best friend? If my best friend thing, what would I tell her to do? Right. So I think that's when you're connecting with your inner bestie, it's like connecting with that energy of like, what would you tell your best friend? What would your best friend tell you? Um, so connecting with that and then giving less of a voice to your inner critic and becoming aware how much your inner critic is speaking because sometimes it, the inner critic is like running our minds and we don't even realize it. So just being able to like take a step back and notice it and be like, whoa, my inner critic has been running my life so far and that's why I've been stuck in this place. So maybe let me add an inner bestie and let me, and you can add other voices, right? Like if you've seen that movie Inside Out, the Pixar movie, like it's like, there's all these voices inside of your head. So, so adding more of the positive voices, more of the ones that will lead with love, um, that can definitely create this shift towards self-love. Right, right. Beautiful. I love that. Uh, I think even it helps me externalize it and actually visualize it because some way, like you said, depending on the environment and the surroundings we've grown up in or the conditioning we've been exposed to, we kind of have a way of internalizing it, right? So in my coaching conversations with clients as well, if I ask them, you know, whose voice is it? Often the first answer is it's my voice, right? Because somewhere growing up, adulting, we've kind of made that into our voice. And then when you actually step down a little bit and then they'll be able to find the source saying, where is it actually coming from? Saying, hey, this is not mine, right? Because we do all remember a period of time when we didn't really hate ourselves so much or judge ourselves so much there was a time when you know we were completely at peace with who we are right we all remember that childhood space where nothing was really a problem all of this was a learned behavior to kind of survive whatever circumstances we were born into so I think exactly. that's a very interesting like, journey I have a daughter she's two years old and she's she's barely speaking she's she's learning to to talk but just I see the way that she interacts with the world and it's so pure and it's it's making me I mean it's teaching me so much having having this kid and seeing her grow up but it, it really makes me wonder like in what point of my life did I become someone who was a little bit more self-hating or who wasn't as authentic and I think yeah that definitely depends on your environment and I had a good environment growing up but some people whether it's society their parents their culture their friends, there's a bully around you, right? Like these things add up and then they create that inner voice and you don't even realize you're not able to differentiate if that's your voice actually, or if it's just like all these other voices muddled in together, creating your own voice. So I think it's important to untangle that and then to be able to say like, no, you know what? Underneath all of that noise, this is my voice. And and standing firm in that, like, and what I mentioned about like connecting with your authentic version, your higher version, it's like getting clear on what that voice is. It's not just accepting like, okay, well, this is who my voice is right now. And that's just how, the way it is. It's like, no, you can change it. You have the power to untangle all of that mess and find your authentic self. True. True. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and uh, with that, are you ready for our rapid fire route? Yes, let's do it. 
right? So let's start with the easy ones first. Um, morning person or night person? Morning person. Mm -hmm. Always on time or a little behind schedule? Always on time. Always on time. Books, movies, podcast. Favorite way to consume content? Books. If I had to ask you top three. Ooh, okay. So my top, my top book ever that I always recommend to my clients, which is a super easy read. It's a personal development book called The Four Agreements. I feel like everyone should read that book. Um, and then this year, I've read... I've read like 17 books this year, but my favorite books this year for personal development, um, Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. Amazing. It talks about like how we are losing our focus with social media, with the with our phones. Um, it's amazing. I think everyone should read it. It's it's super, super clarifying, especially in this age where we're all addicted to our phones and we feel so helpless around it. So Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. And a novel that I read that I really, really loved was called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll pick up the stolen focus, but I love Four Agreements. And I, it is really one of the most simplest book I've ever read. And it elucidates it in such a beautiful way. All right, lovely. If I were to ask you to describe pandemic for you in one word. Growth. Lovely. And if you were to go into your role models, um, who inspire you and maybe what qualities in them inspire you? This is a rough one because I feel like my role models have changed with time and there have been times where I've had one role model and then they do something or, or something else that makes me feel a little icky and then I, I don't. So I'm I'm trying to not put people up in a pedestal so much. Um, but I think the qualities that I'm attracted to in people are people who are authentic. Like they're just so themselves and you're just like, you're such a weirdo, but I love it. You know, like people who really like don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, and also people who are courageous nowadays um, with everything going on worldwide, people who are, who aren't afraid of losing something um in order to speak truth to ma to matters that matter <laughs> um i think courage and authenticity are some of the things that i'm yeah that i'm very attracted to from people and also curiosity curiosity is one of my like top values and i just love having conversations with people who are curious and who are open minded growth minded um people who are willing to change their minds, people who are willing to understand other people's point of view. Like I, I love having conversations with curious people. So yeah, I think those would be my top three things today. That's a tough one, but thank you for sharing that. Um, Non-negotiables in your daily routine. So one thing I do every night is when I go to sleep, I put my phone in airplane mode and I I take it off airplane mode in the morning just to see if I have any like WhatsApps. Um, but I try to not go into any social media until 12 p.m. So I, it's 11.36 p.m. today, right now, a.m. right now. So I haven't checked Instagram yet. Um, and I think this really helps me to just like have a morning, 
focused on me and then I let the world in whereas before I used to like check Instagram in bed and then I would start my day like weighed down by people's opinions or by people's messages you know or like what's going on in the world you know so and I've been doing this for a couple of years now and it completely shifts my mood like okay at least maybe you can't do 12 p.m maybe that's a bit much but not checking your phone in bed in the morning I think that's super super important um and then another thing that is a non-negotiable for me is taking my time with things that could be super fast so for example making a coffee I have my morning coffee every day and I I ritualize it. I it takes me like five, seven minutes to do it because there's a whole process. I have my machine and it's I enjoy it. Like I take my time with it instead of just like pouring some espresso. I mean, some like Nescafe and and drinking just shitty coffee super quick. Like, no, I want it to be delicious and I want it to be a ritual. So ritualizing those things that you do every day, but like yeah understanding that all of these rituals are adding up like this is your life right you're not just it's not just something you do every now and then it's something you do every day and it adds up so yeah those two things are non-negotiable for me lovely all right 12 p.m sounds a bit of a challenge but i'm gonna see if i can do that all right uh, if you were to you know if there was one le- learning that you've had through your journey that you'd like to tell your younger self what would that be Hmm. Um, that I can, I can change every day. Like nothing is set in stone and I can, uh, choose to do something different or a different career path or, you know, like I was 25, I studied advertising and I, after finishing advertising, I became a health coach and then an astrologer. And now actually I have a clothing business for breastfeeding mothers um I never thought that I would be selling clothes for breastfeeding mothers but here I am you know so I think I'd tell myself like my younger self that you're gonna change multiple times throughout your life and that's fine I think it's important to have like an open understanding of who you are and who you're becoming and having that curiosity of like oh I wonder who I'll be next year and it's not you're not going to be the same person next year than you are today. Like 15 of November, we're recording this. Um, you're not going to be that person in 15 November, 2024. Like I'm going to be a completely different person and I know it. So um, understanding that who you are is always changing and like being open to that change and being okay with that uncertainty of who you are becoming. Right, right. I think that's the biggest thing, right? Between that being and the becoming, how do you really manage that balance that uh, becoming? Thank you for sharing that. Um, if someone is here listening to us uh, and is just getting started on their self-transformation journey, what message would you give them? Have patience and compassion with yourself. Um, as in the book, The Four Agreements, one of the agreements is to always do your best. So I think understanding that your best different every day and giving yourself compassion if your best today is different from your best yesterday and from your best tomorrow like at the end of the day asking yourself like did I do my best today and if you hold that standard for yourself like you know that you are you're moving forward and you are you are transforming right Um, we're always growing we're always changing or at least I hope we are so 
yeah, having patience um, in your transformation and having compassion, lots of compassion for yourself. Lovely. And in this podcast, we usually say that we bring in people who are works in progress, that, you know, transformation is an ongoing journey and a continuous journey. And it's not that we are interviewing people who have arrived there and gotten it there, right? So if you were to share maybe some areas of improvement that you're working on for yourself, what would they be? What are you currently working on? Hmm. I am working on, well, as a mother to an almost two-year-old, I think I am now working on myself again because the first year I completely like did not prioritize myself. So I think I'm like, even as a self-love coach, I let go of so many of my habits and my routine. So I'm like taking those on again and I'm finding my balance. I started going to dance classes, which is something I always wanted to do, but I haven't done um and also just looking at different ways of of getting support um so different types of therapy or different types of coaching just I'm always on this like growth journey so I'm always like finding my blind spot so as I told you I just finished um financial coaching um which is super important and I feel like everyone should um well I hate using the word should but everyone could benefit from having a financial advisor or having financial literacy, like being able to, to take care of your finances sooner rather than later, the sooner you do the better. And especially if you have children, like being able to pass on a healthy relationship with money, oof, super important. Like that's a whole other topic, but um, yes, I am on a self growth journey always. And I think um, that's super inspiring because it's like, it's never done. I'm never just like, Oh, I'm done. Cool. It's, it's always like, what else can I work on? What are my blind spots? Um, what And just being really honest with yourself, right? Like, mm, maybe I wasn't my best here, right? And that's how journaling can also be an amazing tool. So, yeah. Lovely. Thank you for sharing that so vulnerably. Uh, that never is easy. So thank you. And one last question for today. Um, if you want listeners to take away just one message from our conversation or our podcast, what would that be? I think it would be to not do it alone. Um, e even if we use the word self, self-love, right? All of these things, the self-acceptance and the self-knowledge, blah, blah, blah. You can't, we don't exist in a vacuum. Like communities are so important and um, finding your people and finding a support system. Um, I think that's super important. So I think we, we talked about it a lot, but I think it's, it's that like, even if it's your self-love journey, that doesn't mean you have to do it alone and finding the right people to support you throughout your journey in different stages of your journey. Like maybe now you need one kind of support and then two years from now you need another and then 10 years from now you need another, but understanding that it's important and necessary to ask for help along your journey. Okay. Thank you so much. And if listeners had to find you online, where can they reach you? So my Instagram is Nati Valderrama and my website is nativalderrama.com. I host new moon circles every month. So it's a, it's a space on Zoom that we, we talk about like the astrology of the month and then we do a little bit of journaling together and that's always super fun. Um, I do self-love 
coaching and also natal chart readings. Um, and you can find me. Yeah, find me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active, mostly on my stories. And hopefully I'll get back to my podcast soon, but no promises. It's hard with a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, and imagine, I can imagine. So thank you so much for making that time with a two-year-old and having this conversation with us. And I think uh, the insights that you've shared were super practical and uh, so useful. Thank you once again. And for all our listeners, we're going to share the links uh, in the description so you'll be able to find her your IG profile and her website there so don't worry about catching that and thanks once again Nati for your valuable time and inputs thank you so much for having me this was super lovely